Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. Your host, Don Q. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. Now, um, give you a little inside baseball, even though you'll hear this on Wednesday, the 9th. I'm actually recording this on Tuesday, the 8th, so I can't sit there and say uh, who won and who didn't win in the election, so that'll be a discussion for later in the week. Um, so with that being said, guys, I hope everyone went out there and did their due diligence and voted in your respective states. Uh, local lo- local races matter, guys, whether it's governor, uh, school boards, mayors, senators, congresspeople, whatever. So hopefully you guys all did your uh, due diligence as Americans and and did that. Now I know we can sit here and have a discussion on how elections are rigged and so on and so forth. Be that as it's may. If we don't if we don't at least try, then I don't know. I guess there's no need for a revolution. At any rate, um so with that being said, like I said, I'm recording this on Tuesday. You'll hear it on Wednesday. So happy Wednesday, happy hump day as it were. Now, uh, hopefully, uh, storm depending, um, we're going to try and do a DTOM files this week. Um, probably, <laughs> like I said, de- depending on the weather, we're going to try and get that done and out to you guys by Friday. Um, if things happen where, where we're unable to record a show then uh, probably what I'll do on Friday is we'll talk election talk. Um, and if not, I'll do that on Sunday just to kind of, you know, we can talk about the highs and lows and and go from there. I think it's interesting that today on Tuesday was a lunar eclipse, which was a blood moon, which was red. I don't know. I'm up that early, so I, I'm at work, and I was like, that's pretty cool. Does it mean anything? I don't know. Hopefully. Um Hopefully it didn't jinx anything, but I guess we'll 
that remains to be seen. So, anyway, what I want to do today is we want to finish out our uh, the Black Boule Society, uh, the secret society of uh, the the black folks that started back in the early 1900s. Um, if you listen to part one that I did on Monday, um, which I hope you did, that way you're not lost into part two. So what I want to continue on with part two was today, um, how the boule and and the divine nine and these um, black Greek lettered uh, societies are, that's um, not the word I'm looking for, the... Um, the thing, man, with the stuff, you know. <laughs> the uh, black Greek-lettered organizations and how they affected um, the influencing of, of uh, just black individuals. Because a, a lot of these situations aren't necessarily people that went to college to become doctors and lawyers and politicians. And Now, some of them are. I'm not saying that they're not. But some of these folks that we're going to talk about didn't even go to college. Um, so how could they belong to a fraternity or a sorority if they didn't go to college? Ideally, that's the idea behind those things. Now, I'm not saying that none of them did. Obviously, there was doctors and lawyers and, and uh, so on and so forth. Um, but it's it wasn't necessarily just about getting people like... Um, like doctors and lawyers, to join. It was about getting people of influence in in culture, you know, whether that be actors, actresses, um, singers, rappers, you know, whatever. Uh, athletes, basketball, football, you know, people that were, that were and are pop, pop um, culture icons. Um and this isn't this isn't new. We're not going to sit here and talk about LeBron James. I mean, we are, but it's not about him per se. He's just one of the names. This this has been going on for 118 years. There's going to be names that some of us don't even know. I'll probably skip over some of them, mainly because who's that? Um, I want to get more into our wheelhouse, and I say ours, um, people that are. I'd have to assume that the majority of the people who listen to this are in my age range of 90, no, <laughs> you know, in your 40s, you know, whether you're in your late 30s to early 50s, I'm just guessing, I don't, I don't have any clue, I don't have any demographics saying one way or the other, um, and there might be some younger folks, and I'll probably say names that you may know, even though there might not be current people, but be that as it may, before we get into the juicy nuggets of all this, I want to make sure I remind you of our newest sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Make sure to check them out at ChristianLawson.com and use promo code DTOM at the checkout page for 30% off your purchase price. That's ChristianLawson.com. Oh, <laughs> my radio announcer voice there. How's it? I'm working. I've been working on it. How's it going out there? Also, guys, please make sure you check us out on the social media. We are Don't Tread on America, as if you didn't know that. Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker. On the Ticker Talker, you see my ugly mug making drinks. You'll see Chris on there occasionally. Hopefully, we do a DTOM Files 
this weekend we'll bring you another drink because you know that's what we do we drink it and we talk x-file stuff or uh detom file stuff and also uh, our website donttreadonamerica.com and on the twitter machine at dtom underscore 1775 and if you want to follow me on the twitter it is pcgc underscore 1775 all right one other bit of business guys please whatever podcast app you're listening to this on please number one subscribe to the show right now go ahead and hit the subscribe button do it right it's right there right Mm -hmm. go ahead all right hit that button and then share this with your friends um like I said, we're we're not a hundred percent political. We're going into another faction of the the trading of Americans, and the way the elites, not necessarily politicians per se, but the elites, are trying to control us, our kids, and the things we do say by. And this doesn't have anything to do with Republicans or Democrats. We're not picking sides. We're going after all of them. All the elites. We're going after all of them. These these shows we're going to do, it's going to get real. This X-Files show, or I keep saying, the Detom Files show we have coming up, um, I'm telling you right now, we're not going to be conspiracy theorying on moon landings and flat earth and, uh, well, that might be a show coming up, but nonetheless. You know, we've done a few of these, you know, uh, JFK, if you go back and look at our archives, we've done JFK, uh, 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 Detom Files, RFK, Robert Kennedy. Uh, we've done the moon landing, which we got pretty hammered in. We had to go back and touch base on that again. <laughs> we've done the Denver airport, and uh, I think there was one more in there. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But go back, search Detom Files, and you'll see all the crazy shenanigans. Um, the first hour... Hour two hours are pretty <laughs> informative. About thirty hour of the third hour of any of one of those, we kind of start falling off the tracks a little bit. You know, it's what happens when whiskey gets involved. But anywho, on with the show. So, as you recall, in the last uh, show, we talked about some stuff. It was crazy, but <laughs> it was about the black boule, um, the skull and bones of black. Colleges. Now, it was started, not to just give a, a brief overview, it was started back in 1904 by a gentleman that, I have no idea why that's on my page there, so let's go here, and we'll go here, and we'll go here, okay, so evidently that is gone now, of course when I'm trying to talk about stuff, right, I think it was this one. Gotta love it. I gotta love it. I don't know what the heck just happened that my uh, stuff just disappeared off my computer. That's kind of freaky, huh? Interesting. I'm sorry to be like this, guys, but I just gotta figure out where I was at and why that is not on my computer now. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Is it this one? Okay, here it is. <laughs> okay, so if you recall, back in 1904, um, the boule and is the black version of the Illuminati. And I don't even want to say it's a black version. I would say it was more the black sector of the Illuminati. So you got to think in the late 1800s, the mid-1800s, when Skull and Bones was started, um, that was a faction 
of the Illuminati, the Freemasons faction of the Illuminati. Um, the the uh, you know the different secret societies. Uh, shit, I can't. I, I swear to God, I have all this stuff in my in my freaking head, and then when I start talking about, it, I just it just falls out. So you had the Freemasons, the Shriners, oddly enough, which are the highest level of Freemasonry. Um, the uh, the different the different levels. I'm sorry, I'm just losing my mind. I, I try I try to not have to write a whole bunch of shit down, but here we are. Anyway, so they wanted a black version because obviously you you had separations back in these days. You didn't have uh, blacks in the skull and bones. So they started their own. Now, obviously, it was it was presented to us that these five gentlemen started the the uh, the secret society, so to speak, on their own, and it was an idea to get um, black professionals, you know, so on and so forth. I covered that in the first show, but the first fraternity started out Sigma Pi Phi. Um, so. It was a, an attorney in many fraternity in many of the black colleges throughout the United States, and their job is to spread and or do nothing about the violence in the black community. So I'm going to get to this little bit here later in the show because this gets into the juice of the situation. But um, so as time progressed. And to get outside of just just having the one fraternity, they had um, other fraternities pop up and sororities, and um, they were they're called they they are called these are current fraternities and sororities, um, the Divine Nine. So you had the obviously the 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 uh, OG was Sigma Pi Phi, right? Then you had Alpha Alpha Phi. Alpha. The first sorority was Alpha Kappa Alpha. You had uh, Delta Sigma Theta. You had Omega Psi Phi. You had Delta Sigma Theta. Kappa Alpha Psi. And Lota Phi Theta. Now, um, you also had Gamma Rho and Zeta Phi Beta. Now, these are different sororities, different fraternities. In all colleges, this isn't just necessarily in black colleges or black universities. It's anywhere. Any, any college or university that has sororities and fraternities, some, if not all of these, are represented there. And... Um, it's not to say that every single one it they're all linked now i would say there's probably factions within these factions that divide who they want to use so for instance if you have a doctor or a lawyer or someone of sorts that belongs to one of these fraternities and they're just a regular joe schmo graduating from you know, Howard University with a medical degree, whatever. Um, and their parents aren't anybody special. They're just working their way through college, right? More than likely, they might join the fraternity and whatever, whatever. And that's probably the gist of it. Now, 
having connections to the fraternity, they can influence down the road people to join. And I think that's the idea because Joe Schmo, the 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 regular old doctor or or dentist or lawyer or whatever, it's not about him or her per se. It's what they can do for the black community. And it's not even what they can do for the black community for the good. It's for the corruption. Now, a lot of people say that the, the uh, Boule is part of the Illuminati and the faction of trying to hold the black man down. And you can make that argument and say, well, how is that possible if these people are, you know, doctors and lawyers and activists and uh, politicians and singers and actors and, you know, athletes and so on and so forth. Well, like I said on the last show, that's a small faction. The 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 popular um, boule, so to speak, is small. I mean, name me 20 black actors or actresses right off the top of your head. Just think of 20. You can't... And I'm not saying there's not 20. But I'm just saying it's not as grand as you... I'm talking actors, not just regular old Joe, I'm talking Will Smith's, you know, not even Chris Rock, I don't even know he's at that level, he's part of this, but I don't think he's at that level, but you know, the Halle Berry's, Jada Pinkett's, the, I, I can't even name 20, I don't know a whole lot of actors and actresses to begin with, Denzel Washington, you know, you think of rappers, well you could say, well, you know, the majority of rappers are black, okay, well the majority of the rappers that are black are not boule, now, some of them are, the top echelon are um most of your athletes you know how many what's the percentage of basketball players in the nba that are black i'm i don't know that number but i'm i'm gonna venture a guess and say it's relatively high i'm sure it's more than 50 percent are all of those folks um boule no is there a small percentage of that percentage that it is sure was Kobe, was, is, LeBron, Kyrie Irving. Just throwing a couple names out there because we know the path that they were on, are on, and aren't on, right? So we'll get into those here in a little bit. Now, um... So what we're gonna what we're gonna talk about is these the black greek lettered organizations so that's the divine nine so when i'm reading this i might refer to them as bglos or i'm going to try to make sure to uh change what kind of music is this i feel like i'm in mozart time here <laughs> i'm going to try and make sure i switch that to divine nine so you guys can keep track all right so you know we've been hearing now, I mean, I shouldn't say we because you guys are probably new to this conversation, but I've been hearing a lot of talk about the improper nature that the Divine Nine um, play in the black community. Now, a lot of criticism seems to stem from the fact that, that we use Greek letters and often re refer to ourselves as Greeks, much like our white counterparts. So this is out of... Uh, a newsletter, so to speak. So, um, 
So the, the guy goes on to write here, frankly, I grow tired of these discussions and accusations. It's almost as annoying as the constant harping or hazing and pledging. While the hazing points are valid, these others are not. However, once again, I feel compelled to these words in an attempt to clarify certain issues. There are several main culture criticisms leveled at the Divine Nine, and I will try to address them here. While these accusations are neither new nor normal, I guess they are fueled up by the internet. So there was an article on a website called Ghetto Times. The author of the article was a Mr. Jehovan Buckner. And he claims to have been a member of Alpha Phi Alpha, but denounced his membership in a fraternity after discovering what he found some disturbing facts. Um... So, trying to find this, we we you know we're able to dig and find it. So, this is this is how it's wrote. For sake of both honesty and clarity, let me state for those who may not know that I have been a member of Alpha Phi Alpha since 1987. I am also a master mason in the high, in the most worship, worshipful Prince Hall Grand Lodge of Illinois. Although, um. At the moment, I am not active with the Masonic Order. However, I did receive degrees in the following Masonic houses. So, these are these are some of the names I was trying to call earlier. So, real quick, Prince the Prince Hall um, Order is is the Masonic Lodge of of Black folks. So, you see Masonic lodges. You see Prince Albert or Prince uh, Hall situations usually in you know the black neighborhoods and so on and so forth and this isn't this was something that was set up years ago i mean obviously it seems extremely racist oh they have their building over here we have our building over here and it is but it kind of is what it is now i also say this from the outside looking in they don't see it like that the inside the they, that's how they're taught that's how these groups are taught they're separate but equal. They have a common goal. He was uh, he had degrees in Royal Arch, the Knights Templars, and the Shrine. <laughs> and like I said, the Shrine is the highest order of this group. And it pains me to to say this, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. But. Um, my grandfather was a uh, was a Shriner, which means he obtained pretty much the highest level of masonry that you know you can get. Um, which means I technically could enter the Masons. I haven't thought about that. I don't. I can't imagine that I would. But I tr I've tried to search my lost memories of just different things to see if I've been taught anything like subliminally. And I'm still trying to search that. I don't know if maybe a hypnotist could help me with that. I don't know, but it is interesting. I have artifacts from my grandfather and, uh, I remember when he passed away, uh, from what I knew, he didn't, they didn't have a lot of friends. Like they had, you know, 20 people over every weekend. And we visited, you know, my grandparents all the time. 
I remember when he passed away, the freaking the place where we had the service was packed with people that I didn't know. Uh, and I wasn't a kid. I was a young adult. I mean, hell, I was, uh, it was 20 years ago or so. So, I mean, I wasn't a kid. I was in my late 20s when he passed away. Um, I don't think I grasped the, the levity of what was going on at the time. Um, I wasn't into the things I'm into now as far as these situations. But I do recall his funeral and uh, how packed it was, with, like I said, with just people that I had no idea who these people were. And um, I remember someone telling me, some random person telling me that my grandfather was a very important person. Now, mind you, I've never had contact with these people since then. Um, I just... It makes me curious to try and find things out. Now, mind you, I've searched on the internet. Can't find anything. I'm sure this would have to be a situation where I would have to try to join a Masonic temple. And uh, courtesy of my last name, which is not a very common name, would probably walk me in the door. So, I'm sure once they listen to this podcast, though, they'd be like, hell no. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> in addition, I am uh, also a ordained minister and former pastor in the African Methodist Episcopal uh, denomination. I also, at one time, had an interesting or interest in becoming a member of Sigma Pi Phi, but I no longer hold that interest. All uh, I say all this because I want to be upfront about what I'm what I'm writing about. Am I biased? Certainly, I'm. Uh, very proud to make no apologies regarding my memberships in Alpha Pi Alpha. I'm sorry, Alpha Phi Alpha. And while some may think I am rather unfairly critical of my organization and the state of the Divine Nine in general, I am that way only because I believe in what we as a group stand for, and I despise it when things are misrepresented in the manner that they have been in recent times. So, with that out of the way, let's address some issues that I have raised as others come up. So, I think as we go through this gentleman's letter here, you're going to see a situation where I'm sure you have two factions of, of people that join these groups. So, if you recall on the show I did the other day, we talked about two gentlemen. We talked about Steve Coakley. We talked about... Um, uh, what was the other gentleman's name? Marcus Garvey, I think, right? Yeah, Marcus Garvey. Um, and then, ideally, you had, um, one group that, the way they described the boule was as house Negroes. And you had people that joined this group that were black that probably joined it, I'm just assuming, joined it because it um, because it seemed like the right thing to do. Obviously, they were probably sold on a situation of being for the black community, we need black leadership, you know, we need black celebrities, we need black whatever to help engross the 
the uh, communities. But once that happened or once you got people on board, especially people of consequences like uh, Malcolm X and um, Martin Luther King, and then once they were ensconced and they started to realize what was going on and what this was all about, they wanted to get the hell out. And then you see what happened. So think of, think of anybody who had a voice. Okay, whether they were a movie star, a singer, rapper, uh, athlete, um, you know, uh, an activist, a reverend, whatever, that was was so huge and said the things they said, and they were you're like, and, and in your mind you might be thinking, why is this person important? And you come to find why that is. And then once they start to realize what's going on and they want to get out, like I told you on the other day, it's you can't just leave. It's like joining the mafia. There's, you just don't walk away. So I think what they do is they literally destroy your life, whether they kill you or just make you look crazy. So you you had two factions. You had people that were black enthusiast and then people that wanted to better themselves through the black community so you had situations where a lot of um you know a lot of the folks that joined these wanted to know why they used greek letters instead of african letters so i think one of the reasons why was because a lot of these um or all of these, I should say, fraternities prior to the, the Divine Nine being introduced, all you had was white fraternities on college campuses, universities. So, at the time, which were pre- predominantly white colleges. So, in, able to, in order to be able to get into that and kind of fit in, so to speak, you had to mesh, you had to use the same words. You see what I'm saying? You might have used them in different orders or whatever. But that's basically the reason why. If you if you started a fraternity that, I don't know, African letters, so I don't want to get up here and say anything that's going to be offensive, but you would obviously not fit in. Now, granted, I would assume if you're a white person on one of these college campuses and you went to Sigma Pi Phi to, to rush the fraternity, you would walk in and be like, okay, this I don't belong in this one. You know. And I'm sure that's true even today. So, um So what I'm gonna do, I'm not gonna go through this guy's letter. I could actually um because a lot of this is repeat repetitive of what I talked about in the last show, like what is the boule and what is their connection to the Divine Nine? We know that already. Um, what about the charges that the Divine Nine are part of elitist conspiracy to divide black people? Okay, so we can talk about this real quick. The argument never fails to make, um, so it seems that the whole part and purpose of the Divine Nine has to been to uplift the black race. From the earliest days of our inception, the aim of the eight, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the, the late, the nine, uh, has been to serve the best interests of the community at large. Whatever the service project or community involvement, the Divine Nine have 
had much more positive impact on the black uh, community than negative. And I would I would agree with that. I like I said, I would I would venture a guess. I don't know exactly how many of these fraternities exist around the country, but I would assume that the majority of them do good. And even the ones that have other ideas probably do good things for the community because you have to have that cover. You have to have the idea that you're doing the right things. You know what I'm saying? So, um, criticisms regarding hazing are justified. I, I'm not going to get into the hazing of, of fraternities. That's that's not what this is about. So, um, I'm just going to get into this here. So, here we go. So, so like I, like I said earlier, um, the uh, Sigma Pi Phi is a fraternity where black colleges throughout the states we're just talking about. The job is to spread and or do nothing about the violence in the black community. So think of more recent times, the last, I don't know, six, eight years, the different situations, George Floyd, um, the, you know, whatever, hands up, don't shoot, uh, Eric Gardner, um, Trayvon Martin, I'm just spitting names out here, but just think of these situations where they have to divide this country. So they are paid great sums of money to keep quiet about black social issues. Do you ever wonder why there are fraternities and sororities and colleges nationwide? That is the bowl A. Uh, many join without ever knowing the true meaning behind the group. Knowing the group provides many advantages like professional jobs, offers fame, fortune, and powerful executive positions throughout the world. Ah, sorry. So I'm going to go through this list of names here, and I'm probably going to stop and talk about some of them. Okay. So uh, Jesse Jackson. So I'm going to add names to this, too, that I know are but aren't on this list. I think this is mostly people that are alive for the most part. Why is Jesse Jackson even relevant? Okay, so like I said on the show before, two names in the 60s. Dr. Martin Luther King was a bull Now, I would I would even go out on a limb and say that he joined the bull as a an idea to to help the black community spread the word, spread the gospel, try and be peaceful. You know, uh, Martin Luther King wasn't about division. He wasn't about hatred. He wasn't about the black. It wasn't like, in his mind, it wasn't the black way or no way. He was about people. White, black, whatever. It didn't matter. Um, so I think he joined this group with the idea of being able to spread the word. Once he found out what it was really about... And it it wasn't it wasn't even about black power. It was about holding the black man down. And and ideally, what Martin Luther King wanted to do was not raise the black community up to be better than anyone else, but to be equal to everyone else. And that's not what the boule is about. The boule is about enriching themselves, the members. It's about enriching themselves while holding. The rest of the, the rest of everyone else down. Um, why Jesse Jackson? Well, Jesse Jackson was there when 
Dr. Martin Luther King was shot. Now, you can have, you'll have conspiracy theorists say that maybe he even pulled the trigger. Maybe he was involved somehow, some way. Um, obviously, that would be a show to do for another day, and I did write that down, if you recall from the other day. Um, I'd be interested to do a a show about, you know, we've done a JFK, we've done Robert Kennedy, we've done these different situations. Obviously, in the 60s, it was easy to kill a black man in Memphis, Tennessee, and blame it on a white redneck, James Earl Ray, oh, was him. And I'm not saying he didn't do it, but I'm sure it wasn't as simple as they made it sound. Al Sharpton, well, obviously, I mean, if anyone... <laughs> is is a painted picture of what the boule represents. It's Al Sharpton. Bombactus, you know, big mouth, always in the middle of everything. But what does he do to help the black community? He doesn't do anything that doesn't help himself. Um, We're going to go through a list here, and then you can even make mention and say, well, you're, you're saying these names... In, in essence, you're saying that the only reason they're where they are is because of the boule. And I'm going to say no. The only reason they've maintained the longevity of their career is because of the boule. I'm not going to deny the talent of any of these people. Well, for the most part. But the fact that they've been relevant for so long, I would say has a lot to do with the boule and the things they do for the boule. So like Denzel Washington, Oprah Winfrey, Jay-Z, Halle Berry, Bill Cosby, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Nas. So you, you have names on here. So Bill Cosby, for example, you know, wasn't he just in prison then suddenly got released? You know... There's all this different stuff about what he, you know, did sexual harassment or whatever rape. I don't know whatever all the the accusations or or proven facts were. But he's out, you know. And then there was a whole thing. I got into a thing on I think it was on Instagram, where he first thing he got out was eating pepperoni pizza, and that flashes back to like PizzaGate and stuff like that. Once again, a show for another day, but. Nonetheless, you ever wonder why Jay-Z calls himself Jehovah and even had the nerve to call one of his albums Kingdom Come? Remember when Nas uh, made anti-God remarks on various albums released with Egyptian symbolism on his album covers? Do you ever wonder why you see the same actors, actresses, or artists over and over and over again in movies and television? It is not... It's not to do with to, it's not to do with talent. Remember when Oprah denounced her belief in God. You also should remember when Oprah despised the hip hop culture, but now you see her and Jay Z become close friends after he denounced Jesus and God in his latest release. BET is a boule powerhouse. Their sole purpose is to dilute the minds of the African Americans with anti-political ideals and to enslave their minds by showing shoving, um, showing violent, ignorant programming. You know, how in the world, and, I, and I'm reading this article, and I don't know a lot of these names, but how in the world did Gucci Mane 
get to the top. Easy. By falling into the plans of the boule. Any black entertainers that is willing to spread hatred, anti-politics, and um, anti-Christian messages are put in the forefront. And any positive, uplifting moguls have had their, their careers snatched from them. You know, look at Arsenio Hall, Tupac, Biggie, KRS-One's. Tupac was killed along with many other black leaders like Martin Luther King and many others to scare and control the ones who spoke against the reasonings, a.k.a. scare the tactic. Um, so let's talk about Tupac and Biggie. So Tupac was killed in Vegas. Everyone blamed Biggie. Okay. Look at, look at, I mean, even not to get off on a tangent away from Tupac and Biggie, but just look at your gangs, like your, your, um, gangs in South Central Los Angeles, the Crips and the Bloods, the, uh, Crenshaw Warriors, the Eight Street Mafia, you know, these different factions. These are all black kids fighting each other. Why is that? Over your street, your set, your hood, your whatever. Why Why would you want that? You know, um, Tupac is an interesting situation. I think he was involved in this. I think a lot of the, 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 the folks from that faction, from Death Row Records, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, these people were probably all involved in this. And I, I believe that Tupac probably wanted to pull away from that right and they were like no so he had to die now you'll hear a lot of people say was uh suge knight involved in this i mean he was driving the car was did he have a part in this whole situation maybe he did but obviously he never took the blame. There's a big cover-up over the whole situation. And then they focus on Biggie. So he becomes the target. Did Biggie Smalls have anything to do with Tupac's death? I don't know. We'll never know. Like I've told you time and time again, the history is written by the winners. Are they even dead? Or are they just shut up? Look at what happened to... Uh, Puff Daddy, after Biggie died, he blew up. Who in the hell was Sean Combs before this? He was a low-level producer at best. He only made it big because of Biggie Smalls, and then he skyrocketed after he died. Was Biggie the sacrifice to help Sean Combs? Was Tupac the sacrifice to extend Dr. Dre to push Snoop? What does Eminem have to do with all this? The white guy. Um, KRS-One is an interesting individual. He's very much a pro-black in the the right sense of the, the, the phrase. More of a Marcus Garvey or Steve Coakley uh, figure in all this. Where he's more... I mean... I think KRS is an ex extraordinary rapper. Listen to some of his 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 uh, albums and the words. And it's funny. You listen to some of this rap, and you if you can get past 
the beat. Oh, that's a good, got a good beat. It's got a good hook. If you can get past that and just listen to the words and not like shake your butt, just listen to what they're saying, you'll hear an interesting message in a lot of these rappers. And I'm not talking about these goofy fuckers that make rap albums now that you can't even understand what they're selling. I'm talking about good rappers from back in the 80s and 90s. Um, but uh, I, I would say that that's the thing. Look at any actor, actresses, rappers, singers, whatever, that were too big. So, you know, we... <laughs> and then... We'll just we'll just cut to the chase. Look at what's going on right now with Kyrie Irving and Lil Wayne or Lil Wayne. <laughs> Kanye West. Right? So one I've said it's interesting how one of them was wearing a MAGA hat and one of them refused to take the vaccine. Now all of a sudden they're being bashed. Now granted they're not being bashed because of that, but a lot of the attention focused on their craziness was because of these things so if you remember a few years back Kanye West met with Trump had the MAGA hat on and what what was said about him at that time he was crazy he was off his meds he was schizophrenic he's supposed to be on medication he's losing his mind blah 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 right I think I don't know that he's ever I don't think anyone's ever too big to be killed but I think these people are afraid of Kanye West. So what do you have to do? You have to make him sound crazy. So all that kind of went away. Right? The the Trump, you know, friendship. I, I'm not saying they're not friends. I don't know. But all of that kind of went away. Right? But then, just a, like a month or so ago, he's on, he's at a fashion show or somewhere with Candace Owens wearing a they each have a t-shirt on saying white lives matter. People lost their mind. He says something about Jewish folks owning this and owning that. He's not wrong. Now he's anti-Semite. He's crazy again. He's losing his mind. He's off his meds. Blah, blah, blah. You go to Kyrie Irving. Same thing. Refused to take the vaccine. He's ridiculed for a year. He's suspended for part of the year last year. Wasn't able to play in New York because he wasn't vaccinated. Yet, they let people come to the games that weren't vaccinated. They let visiting teams that had players that were unvaccinated play. Yet, he couldn't play. Why? Because he made a stand and he was a big name. He went against the grind of what was supposed to happen. Kyrie, that's not what you're supposed to do. You've got to get these people, quote-unquote, these people, to fall in line. Kanye, what are you doing? You can't support Trump. He's the devil. You've got to get these people to fall in line. Trump's not part of the agenda. He's not part of the Illuminatus. He's not part of them. I think we discussed that during the Bush crime family series. We, do, we don't need to go back to that real quick, do we? <laughs> the reason... They lost their mind about Kanye and Trump was the same reason why they lost their mind when Trump won, which is the same reason they're going to lose their mind when Trump runs again when he announces here in the next couple of days. You think this, the heat on Trump's bad now? Just wait till he announces. So, Kyrie 
like tweets out. I don't even know if he tweets. He just like shared a, a movie thing or something. Like he's not even talked about them. He's not had this is a great movie. Go see it. He didn't even say that. It was just like here's a movie. Um, now he's an anti semite and he's crazy and he's kooky and you know all these these two guys are anti semites and they hate Jewish people and da da da. No one ever said that. But the whole time they're calling these guys crazy and whatever. They never said they were liars. They never said they were wrong. So let that sink in. Whatever Kanye did or said, whatever Kyrie, Kyrie did or said, no one ever called them a liar. No one ever called them wrong. They called them names. They called them crazy. They called them, uh, you know, uh, Jew haters. They called them uh, anti-Semites. They called them whatever. They never called them wrong though they never said they're wrong and this is how and why they're wrong i mean you gotta even think <clears throat> look what happened to dave Chappelle a while back remember when he was gonna sign that fat ass contract with comedy central for what was it, like 50 60 million dollars and he lost his mind and went to africa do you think that it was a situation where the boule comes to these these people and, I, and I'm using the boule and we're talking about, about black um, celebrities. But if we just lump it together and say the Illuminatus, the boule being the black faction of them, but any of them, they go to these, these people, these actors and actresses of any color. And they say, hey, you know what? You're pretty funny. Hey, what? You know what? You got a good voice. Hey, you know what? You got some good raps. Hey, you know what? You're a, you're a real good athlete. If you do this, if you essentially sell your devil, sell your soul to the devil, you will be rewarded with riches beyond your 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 means. Some of them take it. A lot of them take it. And then I think some of them regret it. Tupac, Biggie, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. They regret it, but then they die. Kanye West is probably on that list of people that have regrets. Listen to some of his raps. I like Kanye. He's got some good stuff. Listen to the words, what he's saying you'll understand where he's at. I think a lot of these guys and ladies, they have, they, <clears throat> I think you have to understand where a lot of them come from. A lot, I mean, a lot of people, I'm not even saying them like black people, but a lot of people that make it in the industry of whatever faction, a lot of those people come from nothing. And I don't, white, black, Hispanic, doesn't matter. Most of your athletes, football, basketball, baseball players, most of those people come from nothing. Now, there is a small percentage that have fathers that, or whatever that might have made it in the NFL or NBA or baseball or whatever. That's a very small percentage. A lot of these people come from nothing. They work their way up. Rappers, singers, a lot of them come from nothing. Then you have a Dave Chappelle, funny as hell. Right? Comedy Central or the Boulay 
comes to him and says, we have $60 million. Sign this contract, but this is what we're going to need from you. He's like, I don't, I don't know about that. So then what do they say? He's crazy. He lost his mind. He went to Africa. He's crazy. He lost his mind. Did he? Now the question you could raise now, what happened? He's back. He's been back for a few years now. Did he change his mind? Um, I don't know. I know I saw one of his specials a while back. This was during the COVID thing. And he talked about how he was vaccinated. Um, and, and I have to say this. That's the one thing that kills me about this whole COVID thing. Now, granted, we're pretty much past it, but of of all the races in this country that I would have thought would have been the very last to get on board with any of this, masking, vaccine, whatever, would have been the black community. And there's still a lot of those folks that still wear masks and a lot of those folks that are vaccinated. And I, I'm sure it's not a, a very high percentage, but even if it's 50%, of the black community that's vaccinated. It's like, you guys really don't know your history. I, I mean, I wasn't getting vaccinated because I, I just have that mindset of what the fuck's going on in this world and I don't trust them. You, you know, black folks out there, you have proof of the injustices that have been set upon your people for ye <laughs> centuries. I can't even say years, for centuries. But you're willing to stick your arm out there for this government? I just never understood that. Of all the races in this country, I, I, anyway, I guess that's a discussion for another day, but any, any of these people that talked against that, crazy, you're crazy, you're insane. I'm just saying. Um, let's see, what do we got? Yeah. So, essentially, the boule is is the uh, black elite um, of Illuminati. Okay? So, you know, I, I told this about Steve Coakley. He said, anywhere there are prominent professional, black, professional blacks, chances are they're in the boule. And he's saying, any, pro now, it's prominent professional. So, you professional blacks, that's if you want to say, if you if you want to equate professional blacks to college-educated blacks. That's not to say that every, you know, black man or woman that graduated college is a boule. That's not even to say that every black man or woman, doctor or attorney or whatever, is boule. Now, there's a good chance that a lot of those folks joined one of the fraternities, sororities, of the Divine Nine, there's a good chance of that. That still doesn't mean that they're boule. <clears throat> now, maybe if they had, they probably had the option to become boule in the sense of, well, you're a doctor now, do you want to be Ben Carson? You're a lawyer now, do you want to become Ben Kripe? You see, you see what I'm saying? You're, you're a singer now. Do you want to become Beyonce? You know, think about Destiny's Child. 
they were good, right? They, the three of the girls, they were good. Beyonce is beyond that. And it's not that she's any better than the other two, but she sold her soul and she married the other guy, Jay-Z. Now you look at Beyonce, you look at Jay-Z and you're thinking, how in the fuck does that even work? Because it's not about that. <laughs> the takeaway, folks, is that black society is molded on white. Most political businesses and cultural leaders are chosen on the basis of their memberships, memberships in satanic secret societies. We have all been portrayed in the most egregious fashions. You know, we talked about Steve Coakley the other day. And realistically, you should look him up on YouTube. And you can find a lot of his lectures on YouTube. His persistent theme was that Jewish financial elite had put a phony black leadership class in the position of influence and wealth. Now, before I finish reading this, that sounds very familiar to what um, Kanye West is going through, right? Their role is to protect their sponsors and perpetrate their hegemony. Um, I'm sorry, I was just... Um, shit, where is that at now? <laughs> um, this music I got playing here has tripped me out. Um... Genuine leaders like MLK and Malcolm X, who forgot their place, were eliminated. Ironically, when Steve was hospitalized in 2012, he expressed fears that they would kill him in the hospital. And this appears to be true. He was married with three children. I told you in the show, he was only 59 when he died. I can't find any cause of death. It's just that, he's, that he died in April or whatever it was of 2012. I would assume, based on the little bit I know about him and the things he said, he probably was killed. If you recall, his whole thing was where he kind of started falling apart was when he blamed Jewish doctors for spreading the AIDS virus. Um, who's to say, right? So I do want to play this real quick. So... um. This is this is something from um, Malcolm X. This is back in the day. Let me see how loud this is going to be when I play it. I need to make sure it gets over this music. So, when black people like me talk to the slaves, they didn't kill them. They sent some old house negro along behind them to undo what he said. You have to read the history of slavery to understand this. There were two kinds of Negroes. There was that old house Negro and the field Negro. And the house Negro always looked out for his master. When the field Negroes got too much out of line, he held them back in check. He put them back on the plantation. The house Negro could afford to do that because he lived better than the field Negro. He ate better, he dressed better, and he lived in a better house. He lived right up next to his master in the attic or the basement. He ate the same food his master ate and wore his same clothes. And he could talk just like his master, master, good diction. And he loved his master more than his master loved himself. That's why he didn't want his master hurt. 
If the master got sick, he'd say, what's the matter, boss? We sick? When the master's house caught a fire, he'd try and put the fire out. He didn't want his master's house burned. He never wanted his master's property threatened. And he was more defensive of it than the master was. That was the house Negro. But then you had some field Negroes who lived in huts, had nothing to lose. They wore the worst kind of clothes, they ate the worst food, and they caught hell. They felt the sting of the lash. They hated their master. Oh, yes, they did. If the master got sick, they prayed that the master died. <laughs> if the master's house caught a fire, they prayed for a strong wind to come along. This was the difference between the two. And today, you still have house Negroes and field Negroes. So, <clears throat> it's interesting to listen to, to Malcolm X speak. Now, obviously, he's very much pro-black. I think, I think the difference between him and MLK was, like I said earlier, Martin Luther King wanted everyone to be equal. He was, in the sense, more of the, um, <laughs> the uh, gentleman I spoke of yesterday who... Uh, was more on the lines of the uh, of the black KKK. You know, was this uh, was that Garvey? I can't recall. Um, see if I can scroll through my notes from the other day. Yeah, so he was more on the lines of a Marcus Garvey. The uh, Malcolm X was in the sense that he believed in racial purity, not that he didn't that he hated black people. He hated or I'm sorry, hated white people. He hated black people that contrived with white people. He felt that white people should be white people and black people should be black people. So he, you know, he had the same essence of Marcus Garvey, uh, whereas Martin Luther King wanted everyone to come together. Not so much in race mixing. I don't know what his thoughts were on that, but he did have a a sense of everyone's equal type thing. But anyway, I just think it's interesting. So if you think about what, what uh, Malcolm X was saying, he's referring to, um, you know, certain black folks that were house Negroes versus field Negroes. So your house Negroes would be the yes man of the Illuminati. So your house Negroes would essentially be considered the boule because even though they might have perpetrate like they are for the black people they really weren't their idea was to hold the black people down enriching themselves but holding everyone else down in lieu of their their white masters it just goes to show how deep and contrived the whole idea of the um the Illuminati is. Now, we've done plenty of shows on Illuminati, NWO. This is just another faction of that. The Illuminati, the Black Boule Society. So, as we continue on with this show, um, I'll find more stuff on the Illuminati and different branches of the Illuminati. All right, guys, with that being said, it is Wednesday, November 9th, 
And uh, I will be back later this week, hopefully, with a DTOM files for you guys on Friday. But if not, I promise you I will bring you a, a show. Now, mind you, it'll probably be a more topical show of election situations of what happened and didn't happen and who won and who didn't win. But we will cross that bridge on Friday. Hopefully it's a DTOM show, DTOM file show, and uh, we have some fun and, and giggles on, on other things. All right, guys, with that being said, like I said, it's Wednesday, and I will see you, or I won't see you, but you'll hear me on Friday. You guys have a great day. And, uh, yeah, drink some whiskey. We'll talk to you later.